Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining me today. Today is Monday, October 3rd. The ten days between Yom Teruah and Yom Kippur are known as the Days of Awe. We take this time to ask the Holy Spirit to examine our hearts, to shine His light into any dark places there, so we can repent. The gates of heaven are open right now during this time. This is a time for the bride to prepare herself, to make herself ready for her bridegroom, to make sure she is wearing fine white linen without spot or wrinkle. I encourage you to use these days to be in prayer and to make yourself ready for the Day of Atonement. We are rapidly approaching Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, which falls on sundown Thursday, October 6th, and goes into Friday, October 7th. This is the holiest day on the biblical calendar. Once a year, the high priest would go into the wilderness tabernacle, into the most holy place, and he would sprinkle blood onto the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. This was atonement for the sins of the nation of Israel. We now have Yeshua, who is our great high priest, and he is in the heavenly tabernacle now. He offers atonement for our sins, as it is written in Isaiah 1, 18. Come now and let us reason together, says Yahweh. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be like red as crimson, they shall be as wool. The major themes associated with Yom Kippur or Day of Atonement are It is known as the Day of Atonement, the day that the God of Israel would forgive the sins of his people in a national way. It is known as face to face. This is an idiomatic expression for being in his presence. It is the day and is recognized as the holiest day in the year. It is known as the fast, a day that we afflict our souls. It is known as the great shofar. It is known as Nila, the closing of the gates of heaven. Yom Kippur is the day when white garments were worn by the high priests. What is the deeper spiritual meaning? White garments are associated with purity, holiness, and with our sins being forgiven. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Hazinu, and it means, Give Ear. 
Deuteronomy 32, 11-30 Like an eagle who rouses his nestlings, gliding down to his young, so did he spread his wings and take him, bear him along on his pinions. HaShem alone did guide him, no alien god at his side. He set him atop the highlands to feast on the yield of the earth. He fed him honey from the crag and oil from the flinty rock, curd of kine and milk of flocks, with the best of lambs and rams of Bashan and he-goats, with the very finest wheat, and foaming great blood was your drink. So Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You grew fat and gross and coarse. He forsook the God who made him and spurned the rock of his support. They incensed him with alien things, vexed him with abominations. They sacrificed to demons, no gods, Hashems they had never known, new ones who came but lately, who stirred not your father's fears. You neglected the rock that begot you, forgot the God who brought you forth. Hashem saw and was vexed, and spurned his sons and his daughters. He said, I will hide my countenance from them, and see how they fare in the end, for they are a treacherous breed, children with no loyalty in them. They incensed me with no gods, vexed me with their futilities. I will incense them with the no folk, vex them with a nation of fools. For a fire has flared in my wrath, and burned to the bottom of Sheol, has consumed the earth and its increase, eaten down to the base of the hills. I will sweep misfortunes on them, and use up my arrows on them. Wasting famine, ravaging plague, deadly pestilence, and fanged beasts will I let loose against them, with venomous creepers and dust. The sword shall deal death without, as shall the terror within, to youth and maiden alike, the suckling as well as the aged. I might have reduced them to naught, and made their memory cease among men. But for fear of the taunts of the foe, their enemies who might misjudge and say, Our own hand has prevailed. None of this was wrought by Hashem, for they are a folk void of sense, lacking in all discernment. Ere they wise, they would think upon this, gain insight into their future. How could one have routed a thousand or two put ten thousand to flight, unless their rock had sold them, Hashem had given them up? Jeremiah 1.1-2.30 The words of Jeremiah son of Hilkiah of the Kohanim at Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. The word of Hashem came to him in the days of King Josiah son of Ammon of Yehudah in the thirteenth year of his reign, and throughout the days of King Jehoiakim son of Josiah of Yehudah, and until the end of the eleventh year of King Zedekiah son of Josiah of Yehudah, when Jerusalem went into exile in the fifth month. The word of Hashem came to me. Before I created you in the womb, I selected you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a Navi concerning the nations. I replied, Ah, Hashem, 
I don't know how to speak, for I am still a boy. And Hashem said to me, Do not say, I am still a boy, but go wherever I send you and speak whatever I command you. Have no fear of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares Hashem. Hashem put out his hand and touched my mouth, and Hashem said to me, Herewith I put my words into your mouth. See, I appoint you this day over nations and kingdoms, to uproot and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of Hashem came to me, What do you see, Jeremiah? I replied, I see a branch of an almond tree. Hashem said to me, You have seen right, for I am watchful to bring my word to pass. And the word of Hashem came to me a second time. What do you see? I replied, I see a steaming pot tipped away from the north. And Hashem said to me, From the north shall disaster break loose upon all the inhabitants of the land. For I am summoning all the peoples of the kingdoms of the north, declares Hashem. They shall come and shall each set up a throne before the gates of Jerusalem, against its walls round about, and against all the towns of Yehuda. And I will argue my case against them for all their wickedness. They have forsaken me and sacrificed to other gods and worshipped the works of their hands. So you, gird up your loins, arise and speak to them all that I command you. Do not break down before them, lest I break you before them. I make you this day a fortified city, and an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land, against Yehuda's kings and officers, and against its Kohanim and citizens. They will attack you, but they shall not overcome you, for I am with you, declares Hashem, to save you. The word of Hashem came to me, saying, Go proclaim to Jerusalem, thus says Hashem, I accounted to your favor the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, how you followed me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. Israel was holy to Hashem, the firstfruits of his harvest. All who ate of it were held guilty. Disaster befell them, declares Hashem. Hear the word of Hashem, O house of Jacob, every clan of the house of Israel. Thus said Hashem, What wrong did your fathers find in me that they abandoned me and went after delusion and were deluded? They never asked themselves, Where is Hashem, who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, a land of deserts and pits, a land of drought and darkness, a land no man had traversed, where no human being had dwelt? I brought you to this country of farmland to enjoy its fruit and its bounty. But you came and defiled my land. You made my possession abhorrent. The Kohanim never asked themselves, Where is Hashem? The guardians of the teaching ignored me. The rulers rebelled against me, and the Nevi'im prophesied by Baal and followed what can do no good. Oh, I will go on accusing you, declares Hashem and I will accuse your children's children. Just cross over to the Isles of Kittim and look. Send to Kedar and observe carefully. See if aught like this has ever happened. 
Has any nation changed its gods even though they are no gods? But my people have exchanged its glory for what can do no good. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be horrified and utterly dazed, says Hashem. For my people have done a twofold wrong. They have forsaken me, the fount of living waters, and have hewn out of them cisterns, broken cisterns, which cannot even hold water. Is Israel a bondman? Is he a home-born slave? Then why is he given over to plunder? Lions have roared over him and have raised their cries. They have made his land a waste, his cities desolate without inhabitants. Those two in Noth and Tophanes will lay bare your head. See, that is the price you have paid for forsaking Hashem your God while he led you in the way. What, then, is the good of your going to Egypt to drink the waters of the Nile? And what is the good of your going to Assyria to drink the waters of the Euphrates? Let your misfortune reprove you. Let your afflictions rebuke you. Mark well how bad and bitter it is that you forsake Hashem your God, that awe from me is not in you, declares the Lord God of hosts. For long ago you broke your yoke and tore off your yoke bands and said, I will not work. On every high hill and under every verdant tree you recline as a whore. I planted you with noble vines, all with choicest seed. Alas, I find you changed into a base and alien vine. Though you wash with natrone and use much lye, your guilt is ingrained before me, declares Hashem. How can you say, I am not defiled, I have not gone after the Balaam? Look at your deeds in the valley, consider what you have done, like a lustful she-camel restlessly running about, or like a wild donkey used to the desert snuffing the wind in her eagerness, whose passion none can restrain, none that seek her need grow weary, in her season they will find her. Save your foot from going bare and your throat from thirst, But you say, it is no use. No, I love the strangers, and after them I must go. Like a thief chagrined when he is caught, so is the house of Israel chagrined. They, their kings, their officers, and their Kohanim and Nevi'im. They said to the wood, you are my father. To stone, you gave birth to me. While to me they turned their backs and not their faces. But in their hour of calamity they cry, arise and save us. And where are those gods you made for yourself? Let them arise and save you if they can, in your hour of calamity. For your gods have become, O Yehuda, as many as your towns. Why do you call me to account? You have all rebelled against me, declares Hashem. To no purpose did I smite your children. They would not accept correction. Your sword has devoured your Nevi'im like a ravening lion. Philippians 4, 1-23 Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Eudoius and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. 
And I entreat you also, true yokefellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind through Yeshua. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me has flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Notwithstanding you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again to my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Yeshua. Now unto God and our Father be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Yeshua. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Yeshua be with you all. Amen. Psalm 75, 1-10 Unto you, O God, do we give thanks. Unto you do we give thanks, for that your name is near your wondrous works declare. When I shall receive the congregation, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all the inhabitants thereof are dissolved. I bear up the pillars of it. Selah. I said to the fools, Deal not foolishly, and to the wicked, Lift not up the horn. Lift not up your horn on high, speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and sets up another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red. It is full of mixture, 
and he pours out of the same, but the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth, shall wring them out and drink them. But I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked also will I cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. Proverbs 24, 17-20 Rejoice not, when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. Fret not yourself because of evil men, neither be found envious at the wicked, for there shall be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. I'd like to speak to you from the book of Jeremiah. We started that book today, chapters 1 and 2. And I'd like to share with you the opening commentary to this book from the Israel Bible. Jeremiah lives during the tragic final years of Israel's southern kingdom, Yehuda, just before its destruction in 586 B.C. at the hands of Babylon. He prophesies for 40 years, beginning during the reign of King Josiah, a strong point in the history of the kingdom of Yehuda, and ending after the small remnant of Jews left in Jerusalem following the temple's destruction. Jeremiah's prophecy is intensely personal. We know much more about his personal life than we know of the life of any other prophet. Born to a priestly family in Anatot, he becomes a prophet at a very young age. He is commanded by God not to marry or raise children, to symbolize his plan to destroy the next generation. His prophecies contain many predictions of doom and a desperate cry to Israel to accept the upcoming upheaval and submit to Babylonian rule, a demand that earns him the title of traitor among his own people. In truth, Jeremiah loves his people too much to stand by while they commit national suicide. As such, he never ceases to speak to them, and even when his prophecies are proven true, his only response to the destruction and exile is devastation. This response finds its eloquent and heartbreaking voice in Megillah Ica, which, according to tradition, was also authored by Jeremiah. Jeremiah also includes several sections which describe the emotional price of being the lone voice of a painful truth. Jeremiah is not structured chronologically. The first 35 chapters are a collection of prophecies directed to the kingdom of Judah about the upcoming destruction. They describe the sins which are the cause of the impending devastation and include the ultimately futile request for the people not to rebel against Babylonian dominion. Jeremiah also intersperses promises that Hashem will return his scattered people to live in Israel in peace. Of specific interest is a prophecy to the Jews who are exiled that their exile will last for 70 years. After this, however, the prophet states that the Babylonian Empire will fall and their descendants will have the opportunity to return to Israel. Chapters 36 and 38 include Jeremiah's personal sufferings, and chapter 39 to 44 describe the downfall of Jerusalem. 
In the final chapters of the book, Jeremiah prophesies against the nations that participated in or cheered at Israel's downfall. For the Lord does not forgive the insult against his people. While Jeremiah is known as the prophet of doom, his prophecies also contain much promise. By the time he becomes a prophet, the destruction of Judah and the Beit HaMikdash, or temple, is almost inevitable. Jeremiah tries one last time to awaken the Israelite nation to return to Hashem, but they refuse to listen and are exiled from their land. However, even in exile far from their land, the Jewish people are not to abandon hope. As Hashem promises through Jeremiah, I will delight in treating them graciously, and I will plant them in this land faithfully with all my heart and soul. Now let's jump into the book of Jeremiah and start to unpack some things. And I want to begin with chapter 1, verse 11. The word of Hashem came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I replied, I see a branch of an almond tree. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. In his first vision, Jeremiah is shown an almond branch, makel shaked in Hebrew. Hashem explains that the branch symbolizes his watching over his word to perform it. The Hebrew word he chooses for watch, shaked, also means to hasten. Jeremiah deliberately chose this word since it is similar to the word of almond, shaked. Commentators give two explanations for this wordplay. First, just as the almond tree blossoms quickly, so too Hashem will hasten to punish Israel. Furthermore, the almond tree is the first to blossom in Israel. When all else is dead, the almond tree awakens the countryside from its winter slumber. So too, although the people are spiritually dead, God's word, like the almond blossoms, will awaken the nation. Now I want to jump into chapter 2, and we will look at verse 13. For my people have done a twofold wrong. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewed them out of cisterns, broken cisterns, which cannot even hold water. The Israel Bible commentary on this verse reads as follows. Water is a precious resource. While in some locations there were natural springs that provided water for the ancient Israelites, the people also carved out many cisterns in which to store rainwater to ensure they would have enough to drink. Although ancient workers developed a special kind of plaster that was used to line the inside of the cisterns to prevent the water from seeping out, cracks would often develop, causing the water to be lost. Jeremiah compares Hashem to a fountain of natural spring water, while the false gods are likened to cracked and broken cisterns. Though the fountains provide life-giving waters, the people foolishly choose to drink from cisterns which cannot contain their water, relying on meaningless idols rather than God, the true source of life. And we'll stop there. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Adonai 
Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Yisa Adonai Anav Ileka the ironic blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.